Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Footstock Weekly Podcast. The audio in this intro is probably shit because I forgot my microphone and I'm up home with my family. We're sitting drinking cans, say hello. Hello. (laughs) So this is a strange intro, but yeah, enjoy this podcast. It's out a couple of days early. I forgot it was going to be out a couple of days early. That's why this is happening. But anyway, enjoy the episode, leave a review, and yeah, see you later. (laughs) Enjoy. And this week, I am joined by the one and only Danilo. Danilo, how are you? Hi, very well, thank you. And you? I'm great, I'm great. Thank you for joining me. It's a, it's a huge week for Foodstock, and you know there's no better man to have on, really. Uh, you've been here from day one, you've a big collection, you've won the 10k free roll, Foodstock tourney hero multiple times. Danilo, do you want to tell us a bit about that journey and like what got you to where you are today in Foodstock world? Yes, um, well, as you say, the joint first talk on uh, day one or before, actually, before they launched. So I joined during their uh, crowdfunding campaign. And um, yeah, I mean, it's been uh, hectic, hectic, really. It's been uh, an year full of, uh, full of surprises, full of up and downs. Uh, and the company is gone from, uh, you know, being a new starter with only an handful of users at the very beginning to what it is now and uh, it seems to be well set up to achieve much greater things this year so pretty excited about the new season starting mm. that, that's something i actually wanted to mention i seen there was a message i think came into slack I, I i don't know where it came from or who it was from or what but i believe it's true they've, they've spent north of half a million on marketing and that marketing campaign started two days ago Obviously, that encompasses their TalkSport campaign, which is said to be huge. I, I assume Cami's involved in that budget. He would be. And, you know, their Facebook, Instagram, Twitter ads would all be in there. And any other sort of affiliate marketing they're doing, probably. Do you see, like, the boom we had back in May that people keep referencing, it's kind of what the peak was, and we've been, we've been going downhill since, realistically. Do you see it getting back to those levels? Uh, do you see us like? What do you think the peak is or the cap is for Footstock this season? Because it's a it's a hard question. Like, but do you think it can hit five thousand people entering tournaments, or do you think a thousand in every tournament, two thousand every tournament is more realistic? That's uh, well, that's a tough question. First of all, uh, I saw the you know the message about the half a million um, budget for this year on marketing, and that's, uh, that's simply amazing. I mean, uh, if you told me last year, uh, you know, during the crowdfunding campaign or uh, uh, soon after the launch, that you know the following year they've been spending half a million on marketing alone. Uh, um, it would have been very hard to believe. So that is uh, that is great sign. So um, I haven't heard it yet, but you know uh, there is uh, talk, talk talk sport uh, ads, uh, and there is a brand ambassador and all the other ads and uh, affiliation they are making, which are uh, you know just which are starting to bring full stock. Uh, uh, to the view of you know a wider wider audience the fpl the fpl uh, people uh, in particular which is you know a few million of them um, out there in england uh, in england alone um, so what uh, what was happening this year uh, so the company will grow so the may peak of uh, was in may was in april uh, it was after soon after yeah. lockdown when they launched when they launched the virtuals um that was a peak that was you know in a way a little bit of a bubble uh, it was very peculiar circumstances when uh, uh, football was not on everybody was in lockdown uh, you know there was a little pandemic going on and uh, they came up with uh, um, this brilliant idea of the virtual tournaments and they developed uh, you know they developed the software very quickly, which attracted a lot of a lot of users. Now, what that has created is uh, a lot of users going in all at once, which uh, um, which then you know started to cleaning up the market in a way and created uh, created a bit of a bubble. You know, the sort of users that, that came in were majorly from uh, football index, and they started you know what is. Uh, 
going on and going on a few times in there before, a bit of a youth bubble, the youth bubble, where they you know just buy a lot of cards for their future potential and uh, um, gamble, gamble that way. Uh, those prices were never sustainable in a way, um, just because it was a short, uh, it was a short-term uh, burst. Um, but mo I mean, some of those people they have uh, kind of gone. Some of those people they are um, not interested on uh, the f FPL aspect of uh, of the game, you know, which is fair enough because there is a tra trading aspect as well. You can play full stock in different ways, and uh, uh, but who wanted to go is gone in a way and uh, um, yes I think that they can uh, and the win you know, those uh, those peaks but it won't happen overnight so it should uh, should happen throughout throughout the season as more people join in as full stock becomes uh, um, becomes more known basically to to people around and you know people try it on some will like it some won't and uh, those will like it and uh, stick to it they will then introduce other mates and uh, and so on so the snowballing effect um, should start basically you know when the football when the football kicks in and you know go on for uh, for the season really there's a there's a lot to this, you know. I think on football index have their own marketing budget, which probably dwarfs even half a million. And as they get new users, I know just going going by Twitter followers and podcast listeners on the football index weekly podcast, it's it's growing really fast at the minute. They're obviously putting a lot of marketing out there coming up to the new season, and I think as a lot of those users sign up and trickle in, that's one sort of stream of play of users you know they're going to join twitter they're going to see about footstock footstock's own marketing campaigns a different kettle of fish and and something i struggle with to, to comprehend or try to get my head around is how do they onboard well like how do they get a good conversion rate because we have a question here from leroy brown says how would you sell footstock to a mate i've tried a few times but they genuinely generally think there's too much to get their heads around do I just need new mates? <laughs> and what advice would you give them, or how would you who would you suggest they might to get started? We'll forget about the latter bit of that, but it goes back to this: how the fuck do you sell footstock to your mate? Because I was saying this recently; it might have even been last week's podcast. It's one thing I think the football index community took to it in droves because they're used to throwing five, ten, fifteen, twenty k at a, at a gambling platform. Like even the smaller fish wouldn't have any hesitation have sticking five hundred quid in. But if you want to go to the FPL community, and I think of myself two years ago before I found Football Index, there isn't a mission I would be sticking more than, f personally, 50 quid and an absolute extreme circumstance where I think it's it's a cert to win into a gambling platform. Like, I wouldn't have been going to Paddy Power and sticking two grand on a bet. Um, and if you'd have told me that in two years I'd have had tens of thousands in gambling platforms, I'd, I'd have called you a liar. So... I think it's hard, like, I see the market in it as a free 100k free roll, like a, a free 100k tournament, and it is, but it's not, because they're going to have to build a team, and realistically, you're talking north of 50 quid, you could probably do one for 100 quid, like Hoodwink did on last week's podcast, but it's not free, and you are going to have to realistically to compete deposit more than, more than 50 quid. Do you see that being a barrier, or do you think the people are out there, it's just a case of finding them? Um, is it a barrier? Yes, I mean, it definitely is a barrier um, for uh, is a barrier for those people who don't want to spend any money or don't have the ability to spend uh, to spend much. Uh, I mean, how do you sell food stock? Uh, I mean, food stock at first, like football index, like you know, a car insurance, like uh, a mortgage, like anything can be seen as much more difficult than it is at the very beginning. So when, uh, you know, usually when you do something new, when you open a new app, uh, when you join a new platform, uh, you start from scratch. So you haven't got any knowledge and uh, it may seem extremely, extremely complicated. When in fact, in reality, it isn't. I mean, it is quite simple. So how do you, um, how do you explain it to your, um, to your mates? Um, I mean, if they are, uh, I mean, I've tried to get a few people in, and uh, well, same as football index, which is not simple to explain by any mean. There are there are barriers there. Um, so basically, you just uh, draw their attention to whichever aspect of the platform they may like and enjoy the most, and uh, and start from there. 
and there is a lot on Funstock. I mean, there is a lot of aspects which uh, which could attract people because it could attract uh, you know people playing tournaments. So the tournaments side of it, uh, it could attract people uh, doing the trading. Uh, so you know, just flipping cards uh, short term or you know, those people with football knowledge, they may buy young players, hold them uh, for a while, hoping they will, uh, uh, they will come good in, uh, in a few years' time. I mean, the cards don't expire. So, yes, the, you know, spending money to have a good collection at the beginning is a bit of a hurdle, but uh, they don't expire. You know, if you buy a Greenwood, if you buy uh, any player with 10 years in front of them on their career, you have to think about, you know, Greenwood is not worth the 20 pounds you can sell him for whatever he is, you know, is worth a lot of tournament entries and he can earn a lot of money um, by using that card that way. Um, so, yeah, it, I mean, it is, it is certainly a problem, especially if you start on, on a budget. You know, one of the questions was, uh, you know, if you had to tell somebody to, you know, give an, an advice to somebody starting now, the advice I give is always uh, try to focus on... Uh, a certain aspect of the tournaments as in uh, for example the beginners uh, where you know you can pick up cards uh, quite uh, quite cheaply and start competing there or target certain teams so for example you can target uh, you know and they are very cheap um, cards from uh, you know the brightons and the west Ham's and the uh, southampton southamptons and so on of this world where uh, you know you can field line up based on those teams and uh, when they do well you know you in with uh, with a chance to win i mean you don't need you know the De Bruyne, the bruno and so on uh, to win big money you can do so with uh, you know extremely cheap cards as well of course it would be a little bit harder but uh, uh, it is possible mm. and speaking you know something a big thing big talking point i don't know i don't know whether to do questions first or this we'll get into the questions at the end we'll stick to the normal format danilo but a big thing i wanted to talk to you about is those tournaments and it's one in particular it's the 100k free roll obviously you won the 10k free roll last season uh you clawed it back on gertie to his displeasure um there's a few kind of main points i want to ask you here and by all means go off on it and talk to me about it because you, you know what people want to hear like but a few of the questions I'd have is like, how many teams do you plan on entering over the course of the season? Would be one. Do you have any idea? Um, I don't. I don't yet. I mean, last season I had uh, thirty-seven teams in uh, in total. Jeez. However, uh, which is quite a lot. However, some of them they were uh, you know complete rubbish. They were full of the you know Ashley Barnes and you know the Felipe Anderson when he was out of form and so on. They were a bit of you know random wild pants, hoping that those players would uh, would come good. They didn't have any good players. Uh, competitive lineups. I think it was about fifteen. You know, competitive as in uh, I thought with a chance of you know going for uh, um, for the big prizes. Um, so basically, you know, I wanted to cover uh, um, to cover a few a few corners, a few options, a few scenarios, and uh, and I went with you know a total of fifteen-ish uh, competitive competitive teams. Um, this year, I think I'll do pretty pretty much the same. Um, I'm not sure how many I will begin with. I haven't done one yet. I didn't have a chance to. Um, to sit down and look at it properly, which is a bit of a shame uh, because some of the star uh, starts have updated. For example, Sterling, you could have used it as a three star and now it's a four or Firmino, you could have used it as two stars and now it's a three. Um, but uh, that is actually something, you know, I won't enter all the teams straight away. Uh, the starts updates um, are actually key to you know to when you enter the tournaments and so on uh, because during the season you know i mean it doesn't really matter if you miss seven eight ten um game weeks uh, if uh, you know you can then put in a lineup able to get 
six high scores. And there's a lot of things that can happen during the season. So there's injuries, there's a lot of loss of form, there's sales, there's buys, uh, and then there's the January transfer window, and, um, and you name it. Um, so, I mean, uh, the lineup that won last year, it wasn't one I did at the beginning, it was one I did uh, further down the line. I think it was week 18 or 19 or something like that. Uh, which then went on and, and got five high scores, um, you know, which uh, which catapulted me to to the very top. And uh, one of the advantage of entering, you know, at that stage was that some of the players that I entered, they had they were on low stars because they were in, coming back from injury or uh, um, or they were just didn't play, you know. Doherty, Doherty was a good example, you know, he scored a lot of points, I think he was injured before, he was one star, you know, one Bissaka was a two stars and, you know, a regular starter um, for Manchester United, uh, which, uh, you know, just got a good baseline because of his game uh, as well on the flank and, uh, and so on. So you don't need to enter straight away, in a way, um, you can spread your entries throughout, throughout the season and it could even be more beneficial in a way because you have some data, you know a little bit more. For example, to pick the Chelsea, two Chelsea players at the moment is very hard because they've got thousands of options, especially up front. You know, you've got the Werner, the Havertz, the, the Hodoy, the Pulisic, uh, Mount, uh, uh, Giro, you know, is there as well. I mean, you name all the players that they could, they could pick. So, ZH, Tammy, Abraham, ZH, yeah. the list goes on. Yeah, good. Uh, so it'd be very hard, you know, to pick somebody who will end up playing most uh, most games. And something you said that I find very interesting there, Danilo, is that you were entering teams right after like game week 18 and probably later, but that was the one that won. When I was talking to Holly Shand a few weeks ago, she was saying about how she's probably going to leave the first game week off mainly and then probably do the bulk of her entries in the October internationals when there's a month of data there. But it's even more interesting to me, like the thought of of doing it later in the year again, because I'm sure, like a, like me, a lot of people listening will be thinking, surely more game weeks means more chance of winning. But it's not necessarily true because if you pick a a bunch of players that are going to go and storm the latter half of the season, it might be near impossible to pick them now. But you could pick them out halfway through a season. Do you know, like 2015-16 season, Mares and Vardy's pop out of the woodworks. All of a sudden, Leeds players are what you want, but no one has them in their teams. Do you know that that's very interesting to me and another big change this season is obviously the stars i think it's 35 stars you need to build your team with i'd be interested to hear your initial thoughts on on squad balance in terms of will you be using like well will you be using many one and two star players or will you be going kind of average three star across the board will you be sort of in terms of the teams will you be going five duos from five big teams and then a single player for the 11 or will you be going for a couple of duos and a bunch of singles from different teams. Your defence, for example, will you be using your two defender slots? Are the two required defenders as... Is it two or three? Anyway, will you be trying to go for the same team on them? Because what a lot of people do is they go double Liverpool defence, double Burnley defence, double Sheffield defence. Well, just there, There's a few points anyway if you want to go off on one. Well, the the valid points. I mean, there's different ways to, to approach it. First of all, the... Um, the starts it is the biggest it is the biggest restriction because with 35 starts is an average of 3.18 per player that means uh, if you pick up uh, you know a legendary or five stars you need to balance it uh, you need to balance it down there with uh, you know either basics or uh, or common and uh, you know the more the more of the big guns you you select the more you need to balance it with uh, uh, somebody which in theory should be uh, should be a le- less able performer but having said that there is some players in those categories uh, which would be very very valuable i mean as i said Earlier, it's a shame that I missed uh, uh, the chance to use a Firmino as a two stars because uh, it would have been a great value two stars. Uh, not that he scored many last season, but he's certainly capable, uh, uh, capable too, uh, being you know the man up front for uh, for Liverpool. And same thing was for Sterling as uh, as three stars. Um, but yeah, you need to. Try to pick up those players uh, lower down, uh, lower down the ranking, which can uh, can ensure high picks 
and uh, and good outputs. Uh, I mean, we can use Vardy, for example. Now he's at two stars, but he was the you know he scored quite a few last season, and he does quite score. He does score a few um, every year, and you know he'll be the main man for uh, for Leicester. So I'll expect uh, him to be in uh, quite of the few teams that will be putting out uh, putting out early. In terms of how many teams you put and doubling up and so on, uh, yes, definitely. Uh, you know, I wouldn't put uh, I wouldn't put uh, eleven players from eleven different teams. There's no point. You want to try and chase uh, um, the win, uh, the win bonus, you know, which is six points, uh, which is they do adapt, uh, they do adapt quite quickly, and uh, and the clean sheets, you know, for both keeper and defender. So I tend to have keeper and defenders on the same team, um, or uh, um, again, it depends from from the star ratings and so on. Last year there was, uh, I think, it's Michael. As a two star, so I used him quite quite a bit. But I didn't use uh, any Leicester defender. You know, I think I was pairing up with pairing him up with uh, with Vardy. Uh, so that you want to try and uh, pair them up. So, for example, a Son and a Kane. You want to, you know, you want to pair them up. Usually, they are the ones that bring on the goods. Uh, they bring in the goods for uh, for Tottenham and. Um, and so on. Uh, but yeah, generally speaking, uh, you know, kind of pick up two players from uh, um, from each team, and then one from from another. So you know, you pick six teams, and you play around with which players you select. Mm. Because the way I was looking at it was, I was trying to pick players that work together in a way, so that if one of them has a peak score, it's quite likely the other one has a peak score. For example, my two defenders, and it might it might be considered a wasted opportunity not picking Salah and, and Mane, but I picked Virgil van Dijk and Trent, thinking, okay, if we're hunting for a peak, if Virgil van Dijk scores a header, it's probably Trent who's put it in his head. So there, all of a sudden, you've got good points, plus probably a Liverpool clean sheet. I'm thinking, like, and then I did that further up the pitch as well, you know, picking two players. Like, obviously, Leicester, Vardy and Barnes were great to pair together because of their low-star categories. And if Leicester win 3-0, they're probably both going to be in the score sheet. And it's all about that picking players that are going to work together because if you're chasing peak scores here, you're not you don't want one of them to do well one week and one of them to do well the next week. You kind of want them to to work together, is the way I look at it. Would you agree with that? That's right, yes, because uh, basically, yeah, um, you. I mean, Trent and Van Dijk is uh, is a good example. I mean, you do sacrifice, uh, you do sacrifice on the goals output. You know, and Liverpool is capable of put, uh, you know, getting six past the team, and you know, you may miss the Salah trick and so on. Uh, but those two, generally speaking, is uh, is a good pairing. You know, they will have a good uh, base score, and uh, if Liverpool win and they keep a clean sheet, that's eleven points per head there uh, already without counting uh, without counting any action that uh, they may be making and even more importantly they are starters they do start uh, i mean they will start 30 odd games um this season you know league games which is pretty pretty guaranteed so yes you want to go for uh, uh, for starters pairing is quite is quite good i mean one that uh, i was thinking to use uh, uh, is the Madison Vardy uh, combination for the simple reason that they will be the main uh, the main people, you know, with Barnes maybe and Perez and so on on uh, for for Leicester, but the two main ones. And even more importantly, they are both two stars. Leicester is a decent team, uh, which will we will will win more uh, uh, more games than uh, than they lose. So they won't be the Man City, you know. Uh, winning, uh, you know, winning 80% of the games, they will win quite a few and they will get big scores. One of the problems uh, with the bigger teams is rotation as well. The Champions League rotation and uh, um, that has to be taken into consideration. Last year, for example, I had Aguero on my, um, on my winning lineup. But he actually scored well only on one of those uh, of those uh, of, of of the scores that you know um, they were part of my my five top. Uh, that was a ninety odd, so it was well worth because I think he put in a trick uh, or something. Uh, but yeah, high scores are 
are important, and so is uh, people playing. So with Man City, in particular, it's extremely hard because you don't know who's going to play. You don't know, you know, Pep Roulette what's going to bring on uh, on the day, and you need a bit of luck as well with uh, you know, them delivering on all on the same day. You know, being uh, being available and playing on the same day, and uh, and so on. So there is a huge element of luck but of course you can help it with uh, with your selections i'm just looking here because one of the questions i had to kind of seal this part off with you was what one stars do you have your eye on um you probably want to keep them in your back pocket but i'm just looking at the one stars and even the two stars now with the, the star ratings changing very recently since i last recorded a podcast and a few new sign-ins into the league. Honestly, there's so many options, I think, at the minute, and I, I know some of them will be three, four stars by the end of the season. I don't even know if that's possible now. Anyway, they'll rise significantly throughout the season, and it, it's actually made it a lot more interesting for me because, I mean, look, I'm just going to look through one stars and start shouting names at you that, in my opinion, could become, could be nailed, could have some decent scores in their position, and, and a lot of these weren't here in the last sort of stars update, so it was... Like James Justin, there's only one star. If he does start for Leicester, great. Uh, Helder Costa at Leeds, if he gets a bit of game time, he's only one star. M- Minamino, let's say Salah Mane get injured, there's a one star. Ampadu has signed for Sheffield, solid defence, solid player, 19, one star. Ake, Anthony Gordon, doubt Sessignon will get much game time at Tottenham, but if he does, then you obviously have Lamptey and Luke Thomas and stuff, they probably won't get too much game time. Haller, one star. Gineppo, Onama, Gilmore probably won't get much time. Grady Dangana signed a permanent deal. Podence, don't know. Um, but like Ryan Brewster, if he was to get a move. Martinelli. There's just a lot more names there in the one-star category. Maitland-Niles than there was last time I looked. Last time I could barely pick a player. Tomori, will he get starting time? Probably not with Thiago Silva signing. But look, um, it's just there's a lot more there than I think there was last time I looked. And then if you go to Common... Like, geez, there's just so many players at two-star now, even like Dominic Calvert-Lewin, if you want Everton's main strikers. If Deli Alley has a decent season, which I don't know if he will, but he's still an option there. You know, if Saka is sitting at two-stars, there's just so many players, and I'll stop kind of going through them there, Danilo, but what I'm getting at is it's how big a star change is, because last week I was trying to look at one and two-stars, I was struggling, and this week I'm looking at them there, and there's like, Jesus Christ... None of these are really nailed, but you can be sure some of them are going to have their breakthrough season. Yes, yes, star changes are, are going to be huge, you know. And uh, I mean, you mentioned quite a few players in there in the two and one star categories, and there is there is lots more. And you know, you can play with the, your pairings and so on. So, for example, if you wanted to use Man City as an example, you could have uh, all the defense from Man City as a one or two stars. You got the Laporte, Cancelo. Um, you know, Walker, if he plays, uh, you've got Mendy, you've got uh, Zinchenko, you've got Ake, all between two and one stars because they get rotated so much. So their PPG has been has been affected. Um, so you could play it that way. I mean, Leicester is, uh, you know, as I said earlier, you know, you got Vardy, Barnes and Madison, all as two stars. You know, you got Mount, you got Saga, you've got uh, a lot of options down there. Um, which one will we play? You know, you got Martinelli one. I'm not sure if he's coming back from injury, uh, from injury just yet. You could have Martinelli and Saka, you know, two great young players for Arsenal and only use three stars and then, you know, enable that will enable you to use from five stars from Man City or Liverpool or Man United or uh, you know any other top team um, so there is a lot of, of options and yes as you said more importantly those options are not fixed because you know comes next month uh, there would have been a few Premier League games uh, already and the PPG would have changed and some players will go up some players will go down depending on uh, how they do and if they play if they play at all so it is it is dynamic so throughout the season there will be many opportunities to pick uh, great players uh, on a low stars uh, basically on low stars which uh, which then free yourself, uh, you know, some more stars to be used to, to be used up top. Mm. Well, look, is there anything else on the hundred k free rolls, or will we get into some questions? 
Uh, no, good luck, really. Uh, I mean, I haven't done, <laughs> I haven't done my lineups yet. Uh, um, I was planning to sit down, uh, to sit down and do them one of these days. Uh, I may do one or two uh, before, uh, before the launch, uh, and maybe one, you know, to try to target game week one. And apart from that, uh, um, I will do other entries throughout throughout the season. The aim, of course, you know, is to is to win big. Uh, it will be much more difficult and much more competitive this year because there is a lot of FPL professionals and a lot of more users than there were mm. back in the day. Yeah. Well, good luck, everyone, but just not too much luck. Um, so, let me see. Vespasian, what are you going to do with the 25k winnings? Are you targeting Game Week 1 as its own mini-tournament? And what do you think is the best mechanic for removing cards currently? Let me see. We'll pick a couple of these because we actually have loads of questions. We've kind of, okay, 25k winnings is kind of a joke. Like, maybe you'll win that, but I'm pretty sure I've got that one in the bag. <laughs> uh, are you targeting Game Week 1 as its own mini tournament? You just said you're going to enter a team for targeting Game Week 1, so we'll say yes to that. But here's a, a good question, which is kind of away from the 100k. What do you think is the best mechanic for removing cards currently? Hey, that's a good question and, uh, you know, pretty, pretty hot topic, really. Um, so removing cards. So removing, well, at the moment, we're going on a bit of an oversupply because of the way um, the platform launched and uh, um, the injection of, of cards into, into the system. So Fullstock have tried a few things uh, with the deal of the day, which uh, I don't know how successful it is. You know, the rake on roulette and so on. The, the swapping inactive cards for tournament credits, I think, is... Uh, you know, is uh, is being successful. There is a lot of uh, uh, cards which are being swapped for uh, uh, for credits rather than other cards. So yes, he may remove uh, he may remove you know uh, not so popular players, uh, but what he does, he removes high volumes of cards, which then are not introduced into the market because if they are swapped for credits, they're not swapped for another card. So it stops a bit of the a bit of the oversupply of uh, um, of new cards into into the system. Really, um, I mean myself, for example, I've swapped all my inactives and I'm. And I've been actively buying inactives uh, to swap them. <laughs> uh, so I mean, at the moment, I've got uh, I've got a tournament balance of you know five thousand pounds ready for <laughs> ready for the new season. So basically, they they removed uh, um, you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cards with uh, myself alone, and I saw a few other people they've been doing that. Uh, so you know cards have been, have been removed from from the system. So I'm not sure if this is something that uh, it was a one-off or something that they will continue doing, uh, doing it going forward. Uh, but at the moment, I think that's the most successful, uh, that's the most successful way, really. Mm. Is there any yet spoken of developments you'd like to see in the future? So is there anything you'd like to see change that maybe haven't really been discussed or any ideas you have? Um, well, a lot has happened during the year and uh, a lot has been talked about, a lot is in the pipeline. Perhaps, you know, staying on the subject of removing cards, something that they could, uh, they could do, uh, they could introduce, uh, is uh, to do a big free roll which with a card rake. So, you know, I don't know, they could do a free roll with five that. 5,000 pounds, whatever that may be, and uh, you enter your cards and those cards uh, go, basically, you know, uh, or, you know, if, if you don't finish in the money, they go, you know, something on those lines, or, you know, you could lose two cards out of the whatever amount of cards you could do, you know, 9, 7, 11, whatever it is, you know, to enter a tournament. That could be, you know, that could be an option, that could be, you know, an idea out of the box to, you know, both give uh, um, you know introduce a way to remove cards from the system and uh, give people the chance of you know winning some money on on a big free roll that's interesting that would be hard you know if you had it let's say if you don't place the money you lose your cards or you lose three cards or something can you imagine people like they want to be in the money so they're putting in their de bruyne's and their bruno's and then all of a sudden Dwight Gale scores a hat trick and it's like fuck <laughs> people are losing the big boys like 
That, that's yeah, interesting. You could play in a different way. You know, you could put all these, you know, one, two stars with not great theoretical value uh, at the moment, you know, with, uh, you know, a gamble, you know, I could win some money uh, or lose the cards or, you know, you could use uh, your, uh, your big guns um, at your own peril, really. Uh, I'm not, not, not sure how, would I, how I would approach that, you know, but that's just, just an idea, you know, thrown in there. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Footstock chat says, in which week do you think you'll enter the most lineups into the 100k and why? Is there a week that you're targeting or just throughout the season? Well, throughout the season, uh, um, I was thinking, uh, you know, if I have to think about, about a specific week or a specific, specific month, probably November, because you've got, uh, you've got the first few weeks of the season um, going out of the way you have an idea of who the starters are, you know, the the lineups and, you know, who the teams informs. I mean, last season, you would have never been able to predict Sheffield United to do so well, for example. Um, so you want to see, you know, is Leeds the team to watch for this year? Is, you know, any other, any other team that is going to do particularly well? Is Newcastle all of a sudden, you know, go on and, uh, and win game by game? Um, so you want to see a little bit of uh, the form was going on and more important, you know, the players, the, the dynamics and who the players able to score, to score well, uh, to score well will, um, will be. So, you know, give it a few weeks to, to assess. So let September go and let October or, you know, part of October go and then, uh, and then you'll have a clear idea and, you know, you can go in and use your more viable cards once you know that they will be able to deliver. Footstock Chat also asks, which country do you think Footstock should expand to first and when do you think this will realistically happen? Hmm. Not a clue, really, any, co- <laughs> any country. I mean, uh, I'm not a huge FPL person. In fact, I don't, I don't really play FPL. Uh, but I see that it's quite popular in the Scandinavian, uh, in the Scandinavian countries. So probably, you know, they've got high net, you know, they've got high net worth, lots of disposable income. They love football, so potentially they could be a good place to be, you know, America, of course, uh, would be would be simply amazing. Um, any country in Europe, I mean, I don't know, I don't know how how it works uh, uh, in terms of going to this country with the licensing and so on. It is a gambling company, so you have a lot of regulations and a lot of hoops to jump through to go to go into new countries. But any country where uh, um, there is uh, basically Money, gambling, and uh, love for football, which is which is quite uh, quite a lot out there. Mm. So, potentially, I mean, I don't know. Maybe the Scandinavian countries uh, could be easier. Maybe I mean, any, anywhere in Europe. Uh, well, what about but, Italy? What about Italy? Italy. Italy would be great, but Italy is complicated from uh, a gambling point of view. It is um, basically it is very very difficult. It is it is very restricted. There's a lot of bureaucracy. There's a lot of bureaucracy there. So gambling is um, is legal, but it is uh, it is very difficult to get there. Basically, yeah. uh, that's a shame. There's a lot of regulations. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Okay, King Eric says, which four or five star player do you think you'll use the most of for your 100k entries? Just one player? Um, Just one player, yes, potentially Kevin De Bruyne, just because uh, he, I mean, he delivers, he's got very high scores, Uh, he plays for, you know, arguably the best team in uh, in the league, Liverpool fans may not like that, Uh, so (laughs) if if it would be just one, he's, he's in, and he's a midfielder as well, which means he leaves a spot free for, uh, um, for strikers. Yeah, I think... Kevin De Bruyne and Trent are the two that I have earmarked. Yeah, you said one Trent, you know, would be the second, you know, and yeah. uh, Mane or uh, you know Son would be the third kind of. Mm. Let me see who else is even there. If I go over to Footstock Collection category, um, geez, Williams a four star now. Did you look at that? I think Martial could have a massive season. 
Yeah, Marshall, I don't like, I don't like about Marshall is that he's very inconsistent and, uh, you know, if he doesn't score, he's not going to get many points on uh, on the board because of his, his game. So, uh, um, Man United uh, um, is going to get a lot of rotation. He's not going to do 90 minutes very often and I don't think it will be it will be in many of my teams if any you know especially on the you know on the season long can't wait until the final game week when Marshall gets a hat trick and I leapfrog you for second <laughs> into first place then we'll put this up and it'll go viral to footstocks million new customers that's the I dream would, I wouldn't mind that I'll take second place <laughs> now you know <laughs> um, Hoodwink has asked a couple of questions that we've already covered uh, so Hoodwick, thank you so much for your questions. He mentioned some twenty star challenge on Slack. Are you involved in it or looking at it? Um, no, but uh, uh, I will get involved. Actually, I started looking at it uh, earlier, and I saw there's a lot of you know options, you know, in the two and one stars category. So yes, I will be I will be involved soon. I think I'll try my best to get involved as well. So everyone listening, come and join us. There's a 20-star challenge. Check it out on Footstock's official Slack. While you're joining that Slack, you may as well join Footstock Stats. I won about a million virtuals last week, Danilo. You might have seen it. I was placing high. I won about 1,500 quid in three days, all through Footstock stats, and I'm not even joking. I use those reports every day. Do you use them by chance? I don't know if you do. I do, yes, I do. And uh, I mean, they're just great. You, go, you, 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 you get all the stats in there, and they are, they are extremely useful. So, yes, I do use them. Good stuff. There you are. Endorsement from your 10K free roll champion. Mm. I'm using you, Danilo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the last one. Uh, the last questions are from Dan Jackknife. How do you price your cards is his first question. Jeez, how do you value your card? Now, that's a big question. Well, as I said earlier, uh, there's two ways to actually, you know, in a way, three ways to look at it. Uh, one way is just to look at the bland, simple price on the screen, which doesn't mean anything apart from uh, the fact you could get X amount of money for that card uh, now, there and then. Um, or uh, you could uh, uh, think about uh, what could what those cards will be able to return, uh, maybe on free roads only, over the length of their career. You know, uh, so you got players which uh, um, which will be their cards, which will be there for years and years and years. You know, full stock has got tournaments on the Premier League, on the FA Cup, on the uh, League Cup, on the Champions League, on the Europa League. And uh, they will uh, surely do the Euros and, you know, most likely the World Cup, you will assume. Uh, so those cards, that will be usable in many tournaments and they may be able to return much more than the value you see you see in the screen. So in a way, unless I want to sell them, I don't value them. I mean, they're just there to be used and uh, uh, to hopefully return much bigger amounts than, you know, the number you see on the screen. Mm. Yeah, I think it's a tough one value them. I've said this. In fact, fuck it, I'll say it again. I think cards almost have different values to different people of different abilities. Someone who's entering a lot of tournaments, who's placing highly, a card's worth more to them than it is to someone who's just here for cap up, if that makes sense. But a lot of the pricing and value in the cards comes down to comparative values and anchoring and different things. Do you know, if Bruno didn't stretch the market, what's to say KDB and Trent would even be where they are? But then in saying that, based off that logic, I would have expected a lot of the guys like Aubameyang to be higher than 13, 14 quid. There's a lot of really elite strikers who put in big peak scores who'd win tournaments for people who are sub 15 quid. And then you've got the likes of KDB and Trent who are really high. I, I, I don't get the value at times. I, I don't understand the logic. Maybe it's to do with supply and we can't see the supply. Maybe that's a large aspect. Maybe it's players that have been around for a long time that were a low category during the, the April, May boom whenever thousands of packs were opened. Maybe it's something to do with that. I don't know. But sometimes to me, I still can't get my head around like the footstock market in terms of pricing. Because I mean, if we if we look at this, I'm trying to find examples for you. But I mean, like, this isn't prepped. Just off the top of my head, looking at this. Rehad Mares is 6.55. Pep Roulette, I get it. I really do get it. But he will if he if he is playing a ninety minute game. There's a high chance he gets fifty points. Like it, it's not out of the realms of possibility. He can score fucking high. Yet, fucking Hakim Ziyech, who we haven't even seen, is thirty two. Now that's there's a lot of scarcity there. I get that. That's a bad example. Sadio Mane, twenty six quid. 
right? How is he 26 quid whenever fucking Bruno's 200? I don't know. It's actually harder to do when I'm looking at it now, Danilo. But there's so many players here. Aubameyang is in everyone's FPL team because he plays for Arsenal. He scores, He's the only fucking player who scores for them. 13 quid. Yet. Like, man, he's 26. Why? Ah, fuck it. I don't even know. It's well, just I mean, looking at it. Because I kind of yeah. get why. And I do. Liverpool win the league. Liverpool scores a goal to Aubameyang plays for Arsenal. Incredibly inconsistent. I get it. But I just don't think it's as, as logical a pricing system maybe as Football Index. If you look at Football Index, a lot of the prices make a little more sense. Well, um, arguably, you know, actually, a Football Index price it doesn't make a lot of sense. You know? <laughs> because of the fucking nuances <laughs> and biases. I take it all back. I'm going to cut this bit of the podcast out. <laughs> That's a perfect sense. Um, so, I mean, um, yes, as you said, uh, there's a lot of factors that will affect, they will affect the prices. Uh, so the supply will certainly be one of them. Uh, the team they play for, uh, another one. Uh, and uh, good old age always is always there. So Obama Young, you know, yes, he will score a lot of goals. Uh, well, first of all, uh, we didn't know if he was going to stay or go. Um, actually, because uh, that was uh, that was on the on the plate, but now he's staying. He's on penalties. You know, he plays for Arsenal. They win most games, and uh, you're right. I mean, he's the one that scores most goals. Uh, but then again, there be there may be a bit of a, a bit of a oversupply, as in uh, more cards out there than than are needed, and more importantly, he's 31. Um, so people, you know, think he's old, you know, it's not going to be worth much. But uh, is he very w- well worth remembering that, yes, he may be 31, but at the same time, he may have four seasons ahead of him, you know, three seasons where he could, uh, you know, part- he-, he could be used in those tournaments to win a hell of a lot of money. I mean, all it takes is, you know, wins in one or two ma- or two tournaments to pay for the cards, you know, or, or make a gain. So those older players, uh, they may not be able to, you know, shoot up to the um, to the prices that, you know, uh, a Greenwood uh, May 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 get up too, uh, but on the other hand, is Greenwood really worth twenty quid if he's going to play maybe fifteen games during uh, during the year? Um, potentially it is because you know people are buying him for uh, for the future. So I mean the prices are set by users, you know, and what makes them value at whatever the prices are is is hard to understand because I may look at uh, now and then you know and buy. Aubameyang and William for Arsenal uh, because they are the ones that will score the most points. Somebody may look at uh, at the tomorrow and buy the Martinellis and uh, and the Saka, for example. So, is there anything to be said for Footstock changing their whole model in a way? The the packs, right? This is a side, side topic, right? You know the way currently in packs you can pack anyone from any star rating. Is there something to be said for them almost saying, "All right." That's it. You're not getting any of the current players in packs anymore. And they forget about that. No one's fucking buying packs at the minute. There's very few of them going through my commissions anyway. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm wrong. But it, it appears to me there's not many packs been open. There's not a lot of value there. Is there something to be said for them maybe holding the, the like holding off, putting players into packs, but then every time there's a hundred new players to be added, be it youth players, be it transfer signs, be it whatever, every time they say get a hundred, they release packs and there's X amount of packs on the market. Like, we only have 300 packs. And in these packs, these are the cards that are distributed. You There will be 50 Jaden Sancho's distributed. There will be this many of this player, this many of that player, through across three or 400, 500, 1,000 packs. Once they're gone, they're gone. And everyone comes and buys them, and you buy them, and that's the cards that are on the market, and that's the fucking cards that are on the market. You're kind of almost going down the, the trading card American kind of thing where like they release these packs, sets, everyone opens them and then, you know, the, the cards are there, but they will never be produced again. They just exist and that adds value to them because of the scarcity. It's completely different and this is something I've never considered, Danilo, and forgive me if it's completely a tangent that just doesn't make sense to you, but... What I'm thinking is at the minute, you know, you're always going to suppress card values because everyone can always pack an Aubameyang or a Salah. But if you released cards sporadically in batches with set amounts, would there be something to be said for 
I don't know, maybe it would increase values, but maybe it would be less appealing to new users because how the fuck do they get a Salah without buying one? Yeah, I mean, that's what, uh, I think that's what Suare does, that you know, releases yeah. X amount of players and uh, and that's it, you know, and then it's, uh, it's peer-to-peer only. Uh, I haven't looked into that one, uh, into that one yet, you know, I may do at some point, there's the crypto aspect that, you know, puts me off. But uh, I've seen people talking talking about it. Um, I mean, there could be an way. I mean, there could be a way of uh, um, of doing things. You know, the problem is what you do with the existing cards. So you stop releasing them. So what happens when your users wanted those new cards? So they have to buy them from uh, from other users. You know, full stock doesn't make any money for when, uh, you know, there is an exchange of cards between users because there's no commission. So the, the way full stock makes money is to sell in packs. I mean, that could be an idea to do a limit on cards, you know, limited supply, limited supply, if Sancho, Messi, or whoever comes to the Premiership, or, you know, even uh, the, the newly promoted teams, uh, there is X amount of this card, um, of these cards available. And, uh, you know, you could release, you know, them uh, in a few batches further down the line as, uh, as there is demand, uh, as there is demand with, uh, for, uh, for them. I mean, they would certainly, you know, make the prices maybe more volatile, uh, but on the other hand, it may push those prices up uh, beyond, uh, beyond the capability of uh, many users, you know, which is what we talked about earlier, you know, um, FPL uh, community in general, they haven't got very deep pockets, you know, uh, for them having to come in and buy a Sancho at, I don't know, 250 pounds, maybe a little bit of putting. So, I mean, it's a tricky balance. It's a tricky balance for them to to reach, but I'm sure that we'll, uh, you know, that we find ways to get, uh, um, to get all the, you know, um, issues smoothed out with, uh, with time. Because they definitely, like, it is, that's a massive, like, sort of discussion in itself, because they would have to switch then to a commission-based model on the market, if they were doing that realistically to make money, and then people love the commission-free trading, so it probably wouldn't be an option. But it would it would stop oversupply of cards. But then what do you do with the current cards? Ah, fuck it, Tom Mitchum. If you're listening, good luck with that. But um, it might be we might be too far down the line to be changing models like that. But it's just a, a thought that I've had. Um, but look, I think that's about all we've time for, Danilo. I do. I've I've, I've chatted a lot of shit to you, thrown a few ideas at you, confused myself about four times. But look, we're here. We got it done. Um, Good luck in the the 100k free roll. As I said, just not too much luck because obviously I want you to finish second behind me. But we'll see how that transpires. Um, it'll be interesting to see how many people enter that. Do you know in the in the coming weeks? I mean, if we look at it now, just before the week before it start, well, a couple of days before. I mean, kick off. Eight hundred and thirty one participants. Eight hundred and thirty one entries in. I wonder what that'll be at in sort of two weeks time after this marketing's kicked in. Do you, have a, do you have a guess? How many people do you think will enter in the next week or two? Do you think, are we talking thousands? Uh, oh, definitely, yes. I, I mean, uh, probably before, uh, I mean, before kickoff the week two, you'll have, uh, you know, up to 2,000 entries. And, uh, you know, by October, November, you may have, uh, I don't know, seven, ten, I guess. Oof. Yeah, we're going to need a lot of luck, but... Anyway, Danilo, if people want to find you, where can they find you? Uh, on Twitter is the best place, you know, at Danilo FI Trader. Uh, that's my account in there. Yeah, good stuff, Danilo FI Trader. And uh, look, Danilo, thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's been a good chat and uh, best of luck for second place in the 100k video. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, bye-bye.